Hey, you guys. I am so glad to have our special guest with us. If you guys have not heard of him before, you're going to learn a lot in this interview. His name is Jacob Matthew. He is an international film producer and a co-owner of the film agency Booklight. Through the years, Jacob has traveled the globe making both client content and original content from his Netflix original documentary to his countless work with major Silicon Valley tech brands. Jacob is an expert in leveraging creative expertise and turning it into a profit. And we're so grateful to have you here, Jacob, on Black Canvas. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, I'm excited. I love talking to people from different backgrounds. And you actually are one of my first film producers on Black Canvas, so I'm really excited. Oh, sweet. That's All awesome. Right, so, Jacob, are you ready? I'm going to ask you some questions, and I thought it'd be really great for us to kind of get to know you. So I have a couple of questions for you, and we would love to learn more about you. So if you're ready, I can kind of go straight into them. All right. Yeah, so sounds Jacob, great. The first question I have is, can you tell our listeners um, what city you grew up in and how did growing up in this hometown help shape you into the, the man that you are today? Yeah, sure. So um, at this point in my life, um, I'm you know uh, 30 now. I uh, I've uh, been a bit of a globetrotter actually, <laughs> as far as where I've lived, at least around the United States. Um, I grew up. Uh, well, I was born in California, but I really grew up in a suburb outside of Chicago. So in Illinois is kind of where I grew up. Um, I'd say a, a not just like a middle class town, but actually in a, in an interesting way, like like a very um, like white middle-class town. And so I think in my, in my childhood, I'm like a very um, curious person by nature. And, and my, my family was very like uh, conservative Christian and really, really wonderful people. But it was interesting growing up in almost what I might even call a, a monolithic kind of environment. Um, it really like um, it, it kind of propelled my, I think my, my 20s to like really be curious. I traveled a lot. I met a lot of different kinds of people. I think even how I got into the film industry and shaped a lot of like what I wanted to do differently and, and build, um, I think was a bit of a reaction to aspects of my childhood that felt fairly, um, you know, monolithic in a sense. And then, um, so that was my childhood. But then after that, I kind of moved to Philadelphia. Um, Philly is where I kind of started in the film industry originally. Um, Philadelphia is a really, uh, a really, really great city. And I feel like it's my kind of adult uh, filmmaker, you know, entrepreneur, creative identity. I think I actually identify more with Philadelphia actually as like a, as a person than I do. I'm, I'm wearing an Eagles hat right now, actually, as I'm, <laughs> as we're talking, I, I, I feel like I really identify with Philly as a city. I'm a, a lot of the filmmakers I work with are from Philadelphia. Um, Philadelphia has a really great um, artist community in connection with New York city. And I live in Los Angeles now, but um, so I'd say, uh, that was where I grew up, but um, I think Philadelphia and living in South Philly is what kind of shaped me as a creative um, uh, to who I am today, um, maybe even more than where I grew up. Like none of my family even lives in Illinois anymore. It doesn't really feel like home to me. Well, I love that you said that because I grew up originally in New Orleans, Louisiana, and just growing up in that city, very eclectic with so many different types of people and music and food and just the culture there is just amazing. Mm -hmm. And now living in Shreveport is totally different. And so just kind of learning more about like different, you know, from the north and the south part of Louisiana, you know, I've had the opportunity to travel and go to different countries and places. And it's just like you learn a lot from your upbringing and, and it really shapes you into who you choose to become as an adult. And, and I love that I grew up in a city that you can walk down the street and hear someone speaking French or seeing someone, you know, singing 
operatic music and then you know seeing someone doing a second line it was just such a great experience Oh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I feel like what you're describing is what I always envied kind of as, as a child, you know, I always envied that kind of like, um, just like m- more than one's kind of specific opinion that was kind of like generally the ethos of the culture around me. And, um, and, and in a way, like it, it, in some way that was productive because of how much it, it, it spurred my curiosity as like a young adult. Um, but also I've been to New Orleans quite a few times and love New Orleans. It's a really, really, what a wonderful it is. And it, I always remember like growing up, I was, and see, another thing I will say that really stood out is that I was allowed to go to different types of schools. So I started in public school and then I spent from fifth to eighth grade in Lutheran school. And then from ninth to 12th grade, I went to Catholic school. So just having that experience, even, you know, learning about different religions and spirituality and, and the way people, you know, see things, it was such a great experience as well. So I think even within cultures, you know, we can still find, you know, solace in just getting to know people and listening to people and experiencing, you know, life from a different direction. So that was a great experience also for me. So Jacob, I have some questions for you. Um, I thought it would be a really good one. The second one, can you give us your definition of being a creative leader? Ooh, yeah. Awesome. I love this question. Yeah. So, um, I actually grew up, um, I played music for, for a, re- a really long time. And so when I was first kind of coming up, I was really a musician way before I was in the film industry. And um, uh, uh, in some of my lectures and some of my teaching, one thing I talk a lot about is, um, you know, when you're a kid, you kind of have these like big dreams you run after. And then um, one thing I really am passionate about is this idea of um, helping people to kind of stop chasing big dreams and instead learn how to build good dreams. And um, I say that to say that when I was a musician, I, I always kind of wanted to be a rock star, even to, to this day. Like if, I, if you ask me, what's, what's your dream? Like my dream is easily to be like a, like a lead singer rock star for sure. Like that's that like childhood dream that I, like, I always had. But there was a point where I kind of realized that um, I didn't actually have the talent ceiling to really be that. Like I, I met a friend who was a singer. He like, you know, never practice, roll out of bed. And he's just better than me. Like easy, <laughs> like years of voice lessons won't change the fact that he just got it and I didn't have it. And, and what's interesting about that is, and, and as it relates to being a creative leader is one thing I really learned about myself as I kind of grew up, experimented more with different kinds of art forms and kind of, you know, settled into becoming like an adult was this idea that, um, even though my original dream was like in one direction, I realized over time that what I was actually really, really, really good at was like getting the band to come together and and putting vision around what we were making. And so over time, I realized that being more of a leader of creatives was actually my, my real skill set that I had. And so um, when I moved into being a, working in the film industry, I I really kind of started as a producer. I mean, I would, I might've called myself a producer and maybe I wasn't actually a producer at the time, but I always knew that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be somebody that helped kind of take creatives and take the ceiling off of creatives. So first off to answer your question, what does it mean to be a creative leader? I think really what that just means is somebody who leads creatives and not, not stifles creatives, not manages creatives, not, um, you know, uh, you know, is the boss of creatives, but somebody who really cares about taking creatives, taking the ceilings off of them and creating really healthy, flexible structure around creatives so they can perform at their highest level, which is what I do now and what I'm really passionate about. I love that. I think that's a great answer to that because I think being creative can be seen in many different ways to different people. And it kind of leads into my next question. Do you have any tips um, as to how someone can make money as an independent creative? 
Oh yeah, totally. Well, great question. Um, so when it comes to this intersection of like being a creative and then like trying to monetize being a creative, one, one quick comment I want to make actually, before I actually answer the question is I think there's a tendency to think that you're only a great creative once you've started monetizing it, right? Like, Oh, like you're making music or you're, you're, maybe you're an artist or maybe you're trying to be a filmmaker. And I think our culture kind of this has this like capitalist um, and I'm not, I'm not no anti-capitalist for sure, but I would say, I think our culture has placed this a bit of this capitalist style um, uh, affirmation structure around you're only really a real creative if you're making money being a creative. I want to take a minute to kind of put that to bed. Um, you want to look at the, the, the Picasso, the greatest painters of all time, some of the greatest artists that have ever come and gone. They, that wealth wasn't accumulated until well after they had died. And to this day, you, you, look, you know, have an artist that's really famous, then you have deep fans who are like, oh, but did you, do you know their deep tracks from their first album? I think it's really important to first remember that just because you're not making money as a creative right now doesn't mean that you don't have an unbelievably high ceiling or that you're not making real important art. If you're making art and you're creating and that art is positively affecting your mental health and actually positively affecting anyone who listens to it, you're an artist end of conversation. Don't think that adding money to the game is going to affirm you being a creative or an artist in some other way. If you are making something that's positively impacting people's lives around you, that's creative. You're an artist end of conversation. So once we've like, realize that <laughs> and we want to talk about how to make money doing it. Um, now we, we entered this bit of a more hard self-awareness uh, journey of um, not actually just simply doing something because you love it or it's your passion, but doing something because there's a market for it that you can monetize, which is a really fun process to go through as well, but also is foundationally different. And so the first thing I would say is you have to understand the difference between a hard skill and a soft skill. So a hard skill, as I would say, is, is the actual craft of whatever it is that you do. It's the actual craft. So if you're a piano player, it's actually practicing and getting really, really, really good at playing piano. If you're a carpenter, it's getting really, really good at knowing how to take and modify wood into something that's beautiful. So it's the actual craft that you're working towards. Maybe you're a director, maybe you're a musician, maybe you're a cinematographer, like in my world, or an editor. Um, maybe you're a singer. It's have you actually taken the, the hard work to, to build a great hard skill? And then we have what are called soft skills. Soft skills are things that are more like um, your communication or your emotional intelligence or um, how you are able to kind of work with people and be somebody that people want to work with or your ability to be confident in any one circumstance. The reason that these are really important to separate is what hard skills do is hard skills set our floor. Meaning that if you have a really, really good hard skill, the better you are at it, the higher your floor is. Meaning that if you can do something really ex excellently, you can be hired to do that thing. If you're a great cinematographer, I can hire you to be a DP or a shooter on one of my sets. If you're a great editor, then I can hire you to do that. So do you actually have a skill that's good enough that... It, it can exist in a competitive marketplace and be hireable. So our hard skills, the, the 10,000 hours we put into actually developing that, that's the thing that allows us to start making money or actually begin to be in an industry. But it's not what actually matches your ceiling to how far you can go in the industry. This is where our soft skills come in. What soft skills do is they take our hard skills and they maximize them and allow us to catapult what we do to a higher, to an even, even higher level. And sometimes what's so wild about the ceiling is that you have people who actually are still only even only average or above average at their hard skill. They're not like 
out of this world at their hard skill, but their soft skills are so proficient that they can kind of make their way into these opportunities and have higher opportunities and feel frustrating because you're like, oh, I think I'm better than that person, but, but yet they're getting more opportunities than me. So this is where we want to have this very clear balance between, am I working on my 10,000 hours of having a great hard skill? And then furthermore, am I then maximizing and getting better and doing the emotional intelligence, deep work of increasing my confidence, my communication, my emotional intelligence, how I work with people. And are you then using your soft skills to maximize your hard skill? Some combination of that will solely help somebody make money in the industry. I love that. That is, I never heard of hard skills and soft skills before. So I'm so glad that you kind of broke that down for us. And I know a lot about emotional intelligence because um, being a licensed professional counselor, we do all types of um, groups. And I do talk about emotional intelligence and emotional agility. And um, Dr. Susan David mm-hmm. actually talks about emotional agility and the importance of, of building that within ourselves and learning how to find confidence within ourselves. And so I think that is great that, you know, for anyone who's looking into starting a business or um, something that you feel that maybe in the future you want to monetize or learning how to build self-confidence in something that you know is going to be great in the future, I think being able to know what those hard and soft skills are are going to be important before even mapping out maybe your your actual vision board or a plan um, for yourself. Oh, yeah, totally. And I think uh, when I first met you, we connected. My my dad's a behavioral psychologist. So I, I really, really care a lot about how our building our habits and kind of how we frame the internal you know, self-identity that we have of ourselves shapes our careers. And I think that's kind of like how I've taken being raised by a psychologist and applied it to my life and really what a cheat code it's been to uh, have been raised by somebody who's a behavioral psychologist. I feel like a lot of people who are like Sykes kids are like, have all this like baggage around, you know, oh, my my mom or my dad's a psychologist. And like, uh, and that for me, I've, I've seen it as an unbelievable advantage in my life, just kind of being able to have flexible thinking, um, uh, be able to be a bit more self-aware and have some tools in my toolbox that help me kind of orient myself in life and, and deal with rejection and heartache or um, even how to deal with success and those kinds of things and, and try and have a more kind of, molded uh, uh, worldview that's a bit more but healthier. But yeah, it's interesting that that's, uh, uh, so soft skills do that a lot. But one thing that happens a lot is, is like, you can have a lot of great soft skills and you, and you can be like, well, I feel like I have all this personality and all this stuff. Why, I'm, why am I not going where I want to go? Well, maybe you don't actually have a, a good enough heart. So you haven't done the disciplined deep behind the, you know, in the woodshed that nobody sees work to make, uh, to have a skill that's really, really marketable. But then some people are the opposite. They've spent all this time becoming, uh, uh, like, let's say uh, being a guitar player is a great example. Like you've worked so hard to become an unbelievable guitar player, right? Like you can play anything. You can take our lefty guitar, play it righty upside down. I mean, you're, you're the best guitar player, you know, that there is in, in all of New York City. You're number one. <laughs> but what's interesting is one thing that we talk about a lot about is you might be the best guitar player in the world, right? But there's more, there's more good guitar players than there are jobs for good guitar players. So the question actually, because at some point, everybody can play the songs that we need to go on tour. Everybody can play these songs. Like, oh, not everybody, but there's, there's more people than there are jobs to go on tour uh, that can actually do this, do, can play guitar. So the question doesn't become how good of a guitar player are you? The question becomes, do I want to go on tour with you? Are you somebody I want to sit in a bus with and spend time with? Are you somebody who has the same character that we're doing? Are you a part of the culture of what we're building? So this is this real intersection of you want to make sure that you can have a really great hard skill, but you also need the soft skill stuff because I need to want to go on tour with you. I love that you said that because a work environment is very important. 
and also work ethic with the work environment plays a major role. And I think, Jacob, you're right about that. And it kind of leads into my next question. Can you tell us what has been one of your biggest obstacles thus far in your career? And maybe if you can tell us what's been one of your biggest accomplishments, if you don't mind sharing that with our listeners. Oh yeah, totally. Um, well, for, for, for me, my biggest obstacle has, has probably been um, <laughs> uh, managing my, my ADHD, actually. Um, I, I for sure have ADHD and I'm actually, uh, to be really vulnerable with your listeners, I am uh, in a very, very kind of uh, like low end on the spectrum way. I'm like a little bit on, on the tret spectrum. So I have like ticks where like I'll nod my head or I'll make little noises with my mouth that I don't mean to. Um, my personality is so kind of big that it's never been like a hindrance in my life. But I only say that to say I can't really take any Adderall to help with my ADHD because it would it would kind of spike my ticks. And so I've, I've had, um, you know, ADHD without any drugs for my entire life. And so my, my biggest obstacle has probably been being somebody who can build routines and disciplines into my life and kind of control my emotional thinking, like my personality and how my mind works and having ADHD is a very common trait amongst like executives and CEOs of companies. So I'm kind of like, you know, I'm somebody who's been able to use my, you know, that part of my mind really, really productively. Um, but I've always really struggled to build routines and dipl- disciplines. I'll tell you, I actually have become very, very, very good at building routines and disciplines. Um, uh, and, and now I'm at a point in my career where like I have a, a exec- an executive assistant, some things like that that really help add some structure to my life. Um, but coming up, managing that and, and, and building those structures for myself when I was first coming up and I was really poor and I'm, I'm bartending at night and I'm trying to be a film producer in the morning and I'm doing anything I can to pay our rent on time, um, uh, kind of managing my depression and anxiety in association with my ADHD has easily been the biggest obstacle. Um, and and, and uh, one thing that I, I'm really passionate about is we kind of want to, we have these ideas like these goals that we want to achieve, but at the end of the day, you can, like, I can sit here and tell you that, you know, I want our company company to hit X revenue mark at the end of the year. You know, I want to make this much money at the end of the year. And I can t- say that to you all that I want to, but the reality is what I want may not matter <laughs> or what I say to you may not matter. All that matters is the daily habits and things that I do to move myself in a positive direction. And so becoming more present, uh, not letting my mind be a, a kind of consumed by the future and being present with my goals and what I'm trying to accomplish has been something I've worked really, really hard to. So I think that's been my biggest obstacle. And then on, on, on kind of a, a biggest accomplishment side of things, um, you know, obviously we, we have our Netflix film and, and I think it might be an easy answer to say that that is kind of a, a biggest accomplishment, but I, I don't actually view it that way, like emotionally, internally, that film is, I'm very proud of, but my biggest accomplishment has been just building Booklight with you know my you know you know best friend Chris Newhart who's my business partner, um, and the reason I say that is that you know obviously we're very proud of the film that we made, but at the end of the day I think when when I look back you know many years from now on what my career will be you know I'm, I'm 30, um, it's one film. Booklight is an engine to make an infinite amount of films, and I think building a really healthy company with a great culture that's an engine for more creative projects that that's easily what i go to bed at night and feel most proud of is having built a healthy company with a great team and um, building an engine that allows me to be creative um, in my day-to-day and that has allowed us to make great films and we're, we're we're developing like four documentaries right now and we're developing some comedy work that's really great that we're really excited about and we're kind of always now have this nice balance of doing client and commercial content while also doing original content that we're making ourselves and and I think building the engine of Booklight is is what I'm the most proud of in my life because it's a, it's a vehicle to do more of the things that I want to in the future as well. 
thank you so much, Jigger, for sharing that. I think that's a great, I think just for the listeners to hear that, someone who's been passionate about building something from the ground up, having a business partner who understands your vision and you guys can work together in tandem to make something work, not only for now, but for the future. Um, I know myself with writing books and um, self-publishing and copywriting everything and then starting the podcast, I wanted to make sure I had something down the line that I can be proud of and say, hey, I did the work, I researched it and, and I feel proud of the end result. And I think like that's very similar to what I hear with Booklight is that you you kind of figured out this is a lane that I feel like I can carve for myself. These are the types of projects. It gives you a lot of freedom as well to kind of make decisions on what you might want to pass on, things you feel passionate about, you know, the time frame that you can release it. And then also when things are going on, especially around the world culturally, um, things that we're dealing with just since COVID, you know, a lot of people have had to be very creative and still um, being able to release information, release books, release films and, and be documentaries as well, and still be able to do within protocol. So I think that's great that you do have that creative freedom and being independent to say, this is what we're going to do. And this is what I see for the vision of my company. And I love that. So I want to commend you for, first of all, coming up with the concept and releasing that. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So I have a hard question for you. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice, I want you to choose an age. What would you say to him? Ooh, and pick an age. Interesting. That's a good, that's a good little add-on. Um, hmm. Uh, maybe I would go back to, um, oh man, the age is a, is a cool, I was kind of, oh, interesting. I was, I, when you first started thinking about this, I was thinking about just abstractly as a child, but the age is, is different. Can I answer in two different ways? Can I, can I get two different answers? Absolutely. Okay. So, so, so first off, um, I would say when I was in about fifth grade and very, I remember it really specifically, um, I was, uh, uh, teased really, really badly for being gay. I'm not gay. Um, but, uh, for whatever reason in, in fifth grade, I just was like really brutally teased, like, um, for being gay. And, um, and so in, in some way I feel like as I've like grown up in my life, like I have a real heart for the LGBTQ community. Cause even though I'm not a part of that community, I like w- really had this like strange moment of really, really being ridiculed, um, amongst other like people who were in that community. And, um, I would have told myself when I was at, you know, a young kid really being made fun of by people and like going through a bit of a bullying season in my life. Um, I would, I would love to tell that kid, um, that, um, like you, you only get through life through loving people and people who, um, are going to outwardly, you know, be mean to you or whatever, um, uh, are really doing that out of a, out of a void of love in their life. And that, um, if you can continue to love people as you grow and as you become an adult, um, uh, that's the only way to move forward. So that's what I would tell myself when I was like, in a, 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 as a kid, like if there's any young people listening to this, I would tell you that, um, you know, don't fight, don't fight, um, hate with hate, you know, f- fight hate with love and, and, and become somebody who is internally confident in who you are. That's what I would tell myself when I was really young. I think it, when I was in high school and my, um, I was starting to become a bit more confident. I was starting to kind of figure out who I was from a confidence perspective. And some of my soft skills were starting to flourish. I was a bit more kind of like, um, I had a bit more confidence in life. Um, and that was starting to, to, to have some benefits for me. I think there, what I would say is that, you know, all you have in life are the habits you build and the actions you take 
everything else is just talk. You know, I think I used to be a lot of talk and, um, and, and I, for anybody as young as you can start building habits, you, 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 you should. And I will even go further to say um, you are building habits every single day, whether you think you are or not, right? Like every single day that you react defensively to a loved one, you're building a habit of defensiveness, right? Every single day that you um, can't control, here's one for me, uh, I'd say this to myself right now at 30, uh, every single time that you're not being controlled with um, your thoughts and verbally processing, you actually talk over somebody, what you're doing is you're actually, you're telling yourself that it's okay to keep doing that. So I think one thing about habit building that uh, a lot of people who maybe don't have the, you know, uh, uh, psychologist as a dad that I do, again, big cheat code here, is realizing that, that Every single day, you're either you're either creating a new habit or you're breaking an old habit. Uh, so whether you realize that or not, you're doing that all of the time. And so, um, uh, you know, all you have in life are the habits that you build and the actions that you take. Everything else is just talk. And um, I think I would tell my younger self that so I could start developing better habits earlier on in life. I think that is awesome. Thank you for being candid and sharing that. I think that can be really tough. Anyone's going through bullying. I know I went through it in my in my childhood. And I just think like it's a great beacon for people to hear someone who's successful as you are to never give up. And if any of you guys are struggling with suicidal ideations, you know, there's help out there. There are people you can talk to who can assist you with that. So I want to make sure um, and I will definitely have the number for suicide prevention listed in the description. So if anyone is struggling with that or struggling with with dealing with bullying, there's so many people out here who love you and care about you. So I want to make sure I add that in, Jacob, so people will know. I love that. Please, yeah, that's yeah, a hundred percent. Okay, so Jacob, what's next for you in 2022? Tell us what, what you have planned, or if you can give some tidbit information or sneak peeks of things you're working on in 2022. Oh yeah, sure. I I got a couple of things I'm ha- happy to chat about. So um, one, you know, our, our company, I said, you know, really has two branches. So so. Um, on the corporate commercial side of what we're building at Booklight, you know, um, we've been growing really fast, really quickly, which is really great. So, um, you know, and the honest answer to that question is continuing to grow our revenue by 30% or more this next year, which is something that we're on track to do, which I'm excited about and working hard to do that and just continue to grow a great company, hire really good people and, you know, uh, you know, move that forward as healthy and as fast as, you know, not, I wouldn't even say fast, actually, just as organically, um, you know, healthy as we can. Um, on the original content side of things, we are um, uh, we're currently developing four different documentaries right now and one um, original content comedy uh, series. Um, and so I'd say as a goal, although um, I have a bit of opinion about uh, hard goals, I don't love to make hard goals like I'm doing right now. <laughs> um, I'd love to try and sell or distribute t- at least two original content projects this next year or kind of have that in place by 2023. Um, I, I don't always think hard, concrete goals are helpful. Um, you know, it's fine to say, but, it, but again, you know, what will happen is whatever will happen, <laughs> but whether we do that or not. And I think it's more helpful sometimes to have what I would call abstract goals, which is, you know, you kind of know the direction that you're moving in and then you can slowly and methodically, you know, create habits and systems to say, you know, every day, am I taking steps in the direction that I want to be moving in? So I think concrete goals can be helpful to have a direction, but as far as I think your own personal internal self-feedback loop goes, um, I think viewing it as an abstract goal is more healthy or healthier, uh, whatever's the best way to say that. And then I, maybe the, the last thing I would say is, um, or that I'm really excited about is I'm actually launching a creative coaching platform. So um, I've had uh, enough people at this point reach out to me and, and ask me if I could do any uh, personalized one-on-one coaching. And so 
Uh, I, I'm actually launching a, uh, a personalized one-on-one creative coaching platform to kind of take people who are freelancers or, you know, up and coming entrepreneurs and, and w- or want to be, you know, creative leaders in the future and, um, you know, do it, setting some time in my schedule aside to um, do coaching with people as they'd like it. I love that. That's a really cool idea. And that's one thing in the future I would like to do is more consulting work. Um, my goal is always to start a consulting maybe firm in the future where I'll be able to train counselors and teach them about different modalities and things as well to kind of assist them. So that's something I would love to do. And then also um, I would like to expand my business as it relates to being able to write more books and to publish things. Oh yeah. Oh man, do it, man. Let's talk about it right now. <laughs> do it, man. I'm all about it. Yeah. I mean, you have such a wonderful, I mean, I've got to know you a bit and, and, and you have what such an unbelievable story about just pursuing something over a long period of time and not giving up. I and mean, I, I think you have an, I mean, even with this podcast, you have such an unbelievable, um, you know, audience and reach and, and people that look up to you and um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, and you've written so much. And so I, I, at some point it's like, um, you know, people need other people to sometimes just sit with them and, and help them take those next steps. And um, it's a really valuable thing to do. Um, it's a very uh, important thing, but also it's a very, um, you know, uh, you know, heavy thing, you know, somebody who's going to, gonna, you know, invest to say, hey, I want you to be someone that's going to coach me and help me move forward in your life. You know, you want to take that seriously. And I know as I built out the content that I'm working with and, you know, aspects of my curriculum, I, I really care a lot about um, you know, if somebody's going to take their time and money and invest it with working with me, I, I care an awful lot about it being something that is really going to add a lot of value to their life. And I think, you know, if, if any one person's at a point in their life where you think you have a lot of value to add to others and you can give back, you know, and you can find ways to to really help people grow the next level, I think it's a great thing to be able to do. I love that. And I love that you've been able to pay it forward because I think your knowledge and your ability is something that is important for people to be able to sit back and say, this guy's gone through a lot of challenges, but he's been able to make it work for him and still be productive. So I think Jacob, that's a great idea. And I definitely want you, if you can tell our listeners, um, where can they sign up if they're willing to sign up very soon? And also, if you can tell our listeners, where can they find you online? If you can give everyone your social media handles, if you don't mind, we would love to yeah definitely um so um, i'm on you know instagram and twitter and everything at jcb matthew jcb m-a-t-t-h-e-w um and if you want access to my um uh creative coaching um uh uh, you can uh there's a link in my bio on my instagram and twitter that has access to that so if you want to find that and find me you can find me at jcb matthew and our company is called booklight um www.com booklight.co b-o-o-k-l-i-g-h-t.co so that's my my company my business partner chris newhart and i run together and if you want to see kind of all of the work that you know we've made together you can find um i'm sure all of it on that website in some capacity <laughs> and i did check out his website you guys it's really remarkable so i i want to commend you jacob for continuously you know paving the way for so many other people and at 30 years old to have this experience and I look up to you because I think you've done a lot of great things so far. And I'm just so glad that you were here today on the show sharing your. Oh, thanks, man. It's an absolute pleasure to be here and spend time with you. Well, I would love to have you back in the future. So I would love if you have any time, maybe in the next couple of months, we can plan another time to have you back to share. Um, but I think you've done an amazing job of letting us know more about you. And I've learned a lot more in this interview that I didn't know before. So this really has helped me to to learn, to keep pushing forward. You've given me some confidence within myself. 
And so I'm glad that you're here and I really appreciate you sharing with us today. Oh, of course. It's been an absolute pleasure. And to anyone listening to this, you know, uh, running after a dream is, you know, a really, it's a really important thing and, and it's a really great thing to do. But, um, you know, my whole, my whole, everything about what I do in our, in our company and, and, you know, privately with people is really helping people realize that, I mean, I'm a bit, a bit of a, a tough producer, so <laughs> you have to, you know, take that, take it with a grain of salt. But the reality is that dreams are amazing, but uh, they're, they're not, they're not romantic ideas that we chase. They're things that we build. We build them. We build them slowly and, and strategically and thoughtfully over time. And um, another maybe a final comment I might have is that, you know, the path to success and the path to health are not the same journey. And um, I think that's really important. Sometimes people who are successful will, will try and, you know, start dealing out life advice. You know, meanwhile, they, you know, <laughs> they have a drug addiction and they're wildly unhappy, you know. And then, you know, oftentimes then we, we, we have people who, you know, to the outside world may not seem successful at all, but have deep, you know, happiness and peace and, um, you, know, you know, inner peace in their lives. And so um, one thing I'm really trying to be in pursuit of is, is, trying to be somebody who can do both, who, who can become successful, um, but not at the price of, um, you know, my own uh, individual peace and happiness and in my own life. And so I just think it's important to recognize that um, you don't have to be successful, but you probably do have to be happy <laughs> or healthy, I should say. And, and so I would always prioritize your health um, over your success um, and if you do that well, I think you can find a balance to slowly figure out ways to be healthy over, uh, to be successful over time while maintaining your health. Um, but, you know, I, I, I have certainly in my own life and, and maybe it's contributed to, you know, some of my success young, but I know I, I found times where I've, you know, been able to, you know, I've really prioritized my success over my health and, and um, I wouldn't encourage anybody to do that. And um, I would say that there is always a way to become successful while, maintaining your health and if you can do that that's easily the most important thing thank you for that jacob i think that's something i need to look at myself because i think sometimes we can spread ourselves so thin they will lose sight of, of our health and our health can mean many different things spiritual emotional psychological physical there's so many parts of our health and in order for us to build a health um maybe plan or goal for ourselves we have to know what we're looking for what we're not willing to give up and what we're willing to, um, or people we're willing to have in our lives that can help us to actually become better human beings. Um, so we're glad, Jacob, not only that you were here, but I think I've learned so much that I'm gonna have to sit back and take notes and, and be able to use what you've just shared with me in my own personal life. So thank you, Jacob, once again, for being here. And I want us, you guys, to remember to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Thank you so much, Jacob. Absolutely. All right, Jacob, I hope you have a great rest of your evening and we'll have you back very soon. Hey, man, it was fun. Thanks for having me. It was great. I had a great time. I love interviewing people and I feel like I'm talking to a friend. So I'm so glad that you were able to share yourself with us and we're going to have you back very soon. Let's do it, man. That sounds great. If this adds value to even one person's life, then I'm a happy man. Well, you added value to mine, so I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> hey, here we go. I'm good. I, I cashed out. I'm good. You don't even need to post it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Jacob. Well, you have a great evening. I'll talk with you soon. All right, bro. Have a great night.